Though the global pandemic may be slowing things down, Spring Branch is taking tangible steps forward to keep our economy strong, like supporting our local businesses, linking them to free online business courses, and help from our top leaders. Spring Branch is working for businesses. Yours. Find out more at sbmd.org. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, welcome into the fifth down. I'm Jerome Solomon, sports columnist for the Houston Chronicle, joined by Jonathan Alexander, who is beat writer for the Chronicle covering the Houston Texans and uh, Jonathan's been with the Chronicle now for over a year and he's for the first time covering a winning team. <laughs> the Texans are now 5-4 and four, above 500 and I'll, I'll start there. I know I mentioned it uh, in an early episode of ours Cincinnati being a special place for the Texans. That's where they clinched their first playoff berth and the Locker room was loud and rowdy and crazy. And I know you were there yesterday. A locker room was right next to the interview room. I got the sense that it was a very similar situation. Tell us about it. Yeah, it was. You could definitely hear the noise. The players and the coaching staff were super excited. D'Amico Ryan walked into his press conference with water on his shirt because apparently somebody had splashed water on him. But they're excited because this was a huge win for them. Uh, a statement win. You know, they beat in teams like the Steelers earlier in the year and the Jaguars. Uh, but the Steelers were at home, and the Jaguars were an AFC South opponent who they usually have their number. And you go into Cincinnati in a pro-Cincinnati crowd. There were some Texas fans, but it was a real pro-Cincinnati crowd who was one of the hottest teams in football, having won four straight, including against San Francisco 49ers and the Bills. So good teams, too. They beat good teams. And the Texans were down five, six starters to injuries. And they go in there and they win it. And really, they were dominant for most of the game with the exception of the interception by C.J. Stroud late, which allowed the Bengals to kind of come back into the game and eventually tie it. But we saw another stellar performance. I I thought it really spoke to how C.J. was able to bounce back after making a mistake. You know, he could have let that. You know, get him down, but he 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 pulled through it, and they were confident in him, and he delivered per usual. Yeah, it's one of those fascinating things with this particular team. They're go- they're going to be in close games. They're not good enough to blow a lot of people out, and that could come as they grow and move forward. Uh, but they're good enough not to be blown out either. And they these games have been tight. They've lost a couple of games with the. Falcons and Panthers on the road that came down to the final play and now they've won a couple of these in the last two weeks so they're one of the more exciting teams in the NFL. CJ Stroud is playing they've been just extremely well. Um, if, we, if we dive into the game a little bit more the, the running game, where'd that come from? We, we had not seen that all season. It was a different display yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. I think that was the key, really. It was the most balanced we've seen the Texans offense all year. I mean, they had 30 rushes for Devin Singletary for 150 yards. 
Second Zen had, had a single rusher rush for over 100 yards since week nine of the 2022 season when Damian Pierce did it against the Eagles. So it was huge for them because they were struggling. They were 27th in the league coming into the game and rushing yards per game. That was the one thing that was kind of holding this offense back. You know, teams are starting to figure out that the Texans are going to try to beat you with their arm, and soon they'll get some film on CJ and, and figure out ways to kind of slow them down. Now you get the running game going in your balance, and Devin Singletary told me and uh, DJ BN Enemy for, from ESPN told us that, you know, it's better to have – Two uh, a two-headed monster than 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 it's better to be two-dimensional than one-dimensional. Where you saw the biggest benefit was in the play-action pass. CJ's drive was nine to fourteen on play-action passes for something like one hundred sixty-nine yards and a touchdown, and then he had that one interception there at the end. But they were super effective because the Bengals had to respect the running game this time, and, and Devin Singletary had had his best game in the offensive line block. There, there, there were definitely some holes there, and you know. He was sacked a little bit. He was getting hit, especially in the first half, about C.J. Stroud. So he was under some pressure. But when he wasn't under pressure, receivers had more time to get open, and the defense couldn't just key on passing game. They had to actually try to, you know, try to deal with the Texans moving the ball on the ground. So it made for shorter third downs and just overall, just overall better situation when. You can actually move the ball on the ground. You just it, and going forward, I mean, they've got some home games coming up, so it's not as uh, vital of a situation. But in November and December, as you get to the latter part of the season, cold weather com- becomes a factor, and it's more more difficult to pass, and it should be di- more challenging to throw the ball once teams, like you said, second go, get film on you. They see what you do. So they can combat a lot of stuff that you're doing. And this is like a whole different offense. I know it's the same, but it's a different offense when they can actually get some yards on the ground and really put the defense on teals. Yeah, absolutely. Because you already have CJ Struggles top five on passing. And you had a good running game on that. And and Damian Pierce may come back within the next couple of weeks. So yeah, him, Elman, I think they'll probably go back to a running back by committee, but I think there's an opportunity there for Devin Singletary to take the lead role, though, and, and to probably get the majority of those carries. But you add Damian Pierce, who's a power runner, back in there, and if he can get acclimated along with that offense, then, you know, they become even more dangerous. They can run more running backs at you. Yeah, the Singletary, it was interesting. When they got him, you signed him, you're like, okay, you got a veteran guy who's played some, Figure he'd be a factor in the passing game, maybe be a third down back, but he hadn't, he just hadn't got a lot of carries. But they weren't moving the ball on the ground with anybody getting the ball. Was it, did anybody talk about, did they do something different? Is it a scheme thing? Because sometimes your offense works better against the team, um, depending on the scheme that they run. But I say that the Bengals, you know, they, they've, they've gone up against the West Coast offense before. They've, they've had, success defensively against it. The Texans just seemed, it just looked like Singletary had open spaces with which to make moves. Yeah, I, I think what you're seeing is the offensive line finally kind of coming together and getting that continuity going. And then the Bengals weren't a great rushing defense anyway. They were they were 27th in the league as well against the run. So it was up to the Texans though to take advantage of that opportunity and they finally did. I think when you combine the fact that you have 
you've had Titus Howard and Laramie Tunsil, along with Shaq Mason and George Fent, for an extended number of games together, finally getting used to each other, along with the fact that they're facing a team that isn't great against the rival, along with the fact that, uh, you know, that CJ is playing well, so teams are starting to respect CJ. Then I think that opened up the opportunity for the Texans to have a really good run game. And I, I expect it to continue. Now they got some confidence going in what they're doing. And, you know, like you mentioned, the scheme is different even for the blockers. So they're getting used to the scheme as well, particularly like Laramie Tunsil and Titus Howard who played in a different scheme last year. But they're getting used to it. So I, I think that's why they're continuing to get better. Yeah, I did. The, the continuity is going to play a role, especially if they can maintain the health. Let's, let's touch on that a little bit. They are the 23 guys for all on the injury report here heading into the game. It's a team that nowhere near 100%, nowhere they're close. But Stingler came back uh, yesterday. How did he play it? What, what are the, some of the processes of, of progress, rather, of guys who are coming back from injury here over the next week or two? Yeah, he played. We rotated snaps. Stay at him on a snap count. Domingo Ryan's daughters, along with Steven Nelson, who was dealing with injuries of his own. You know, they didn't want to rest Derek Stingley back, given that he had a serious hamstring injury, and you don't want to risk him re-injuring that. But Stingley said he felt good. I talked to him after the game. He said he felt good after the game. It's just a matter of getting his conditioning right. You know, he said you can't replicate game speed. You can run all you want, but it's not the same. So I think. The more you see him, the more the more games I think you'll see him get more snaps. But Shaq, Shaq Griffin has played well in relief. I, I don't think they're going to try to rush, especially when Nelson hurt. I don't think they're going to try to rush um, these guys back. I think gradually though their snaps will increase and they'll use them uh, wisely. But I think Stingley gives you another element, a cover corner who plays well. Gave him that one touchdown, but I, I don't think that was entirely his fault. Yeah, safety was a little, little, little late getting over there. I thought. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that was a little bit more on on, on Jalen to get over there a little quickly because Stingley was worried about Jamar Chase running that out route, and I'd be pretty worried about that too. <laughs> Rather than uh, than Trenton, uh, I can't remember Trenton's last name uh, who scored the touchdown off the top of my head, but uh, Trenton Irwin, yeah. So rather than him, so yeah, he was worried. He was worried about two people, and and that looked like it was on on Jalen. But other than that, Stingley played a great game. I think he played around sixty nine percent of the snaps, uh, which which was pretty impressive. And you know, quarterbacks typically play a hundred percent of the snaps. They don't right. ever come. But but in, but in his situation, coming back, like say, the last thing you want is him to reaggravate the the injury and, and hamstrings, the kind of thing that can linger a long time. And it's been two months basically anyway. So yeah, they definitely didn't want that. And let's talk about the game a little bit more. Man, what what a what a fun game for fans, I assume. It was exciting. Like you get the sense that this team really believes it can win under all circumstances. And it kind of starts there. If you believe you can get it done, then when you go down and you have a lead and they come back or they tie the game up or you throw an interception that, you know, looked deadly at the time, you still believe you can get it done. Uh, it 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 it's a different sort of football that you're playing when you think you can you can pull it off regardless of the circumstances. Yeah, and I think that's what having a great quarterback who can make every throw <clears throat> will do for you. D'Amico talked about it. A lot of CJ's teammates talked about it. They just have a belief in him. You know, they've seen him done it twice now. So, what reason would they not have confidence kind of moving forward? 
And I think one of the interesting things that happened in this game, Jerome, that we talked about last couple of weeks, uh, the margin for error was so slim for the Texans. And, you know, still they were able to overcome three turnovers. You know, I, don't, I know the Bengals turned it over twice themselves, but they lost the turnover margin and were still able to come out with a victory. So I thought that was impressive. I think they needed to get over that potential, that hump itself. Because previously, when they turned the ball over, it would go downhill. But It's an L. Yeah. But I think you're, what you're seeing is a team, a young team with a new coaching staff that's really starting to gel well together, starting to learn each other, and they're starting to click despite the injuries, despite the mistakes. I, I think they're, they're getting better, in my opinion. And if they can get healthier, I think they can be even more dangerous and I easily this this increased their chances of making the playoffs without a doubt, and I I think they can make some noise there if they if they can if they can manage because their schedule is hard. I think they have the the twenty ninth easiest schedule, uh, the remaining of the way. Now the Cardinals game isn't as easy as it was a few because Colin Murray mm-hmm. is and can still ball, but you have to take the Texans serious moving forward. Yeah, we'll we'll get into the Cardinals game coming up. Yeah, let, let's, let's touch on the, the playoff situation again. Talking playoffs only nine weeks into the season, but we haven't talked playoffs for the Texans at any point of the season for four years. So we're going we're gonna to milk this while, while we can. And right now, of course, the playoffs were season in and out. They're in the playoffs and they hold tiebreaker situations over a bunch of teams in the AFC because two of the Texans' four losses were to NFC teams, so they're ahead of a bunch of teams in that, in that circumstance, but they also have a win over the Bengals now, win over the Steelers, and win over the Jaguars. It, it really is all laying out there for them going forward, but it, it they can't be where like, oh, and they won't. Fans and us, we can die with it, like, oh, the schedule is easy, because yeah, it's the NFL, none of these games are easy, wins aren't easy, but man, it it is hard not to look at their schedule and go, yeah, you can see them getting to nine wins without being spectacular. If they're spectacular over these last eight games, you, I mean, you can see them getting to 10 or even, crazy as it sounds, 11 wins. That, that, that's just, that, that's amazing. Yeah, I certainly think it's possible. You know, I, I am a little hesitant on picking the Jaguars, man, because they beat them already. They usually... I mean, Jaguars are good, so they might end up splitting that. But right. but, it, but it is a home game, so they probably won't be favored in that one. I mean, it all depends on how the Jaguars play. But in that division, every team in that division has looked bad at times. And another one that looked great, the Jaguars won a lot of games in a row for the stretch of time. And they kind of played the same schedule against the same teams. But the Texans don't look worse than the Jaguars at all. I mean, no. Not at all. Like they, they, I mean, especially that week three win, they just dominated them. So, you know, I think they have some advantages over them uh, in the sense that, you know, they're really, I mean, the, the Jaguars are a good team too. So I, I really think it's a toss up that game. But you look at the rest of their schedule, like the Arizona Broncos, is here. That's yeah, a game Arizona. they should be able to win. They'll be favored for sure. Denver is here. They'll be favored. The Jets are bad. It's in New York. So it won't be easy as it would be anywhere else, and the Jets are not, not good. They, they got a good defense. They got a strong defense, but the Texans have C.J. Stroud. <laughs> yeah. 
that's yeah. how crazy it is. It's like, okay, you got a good defense. What are you going to do with this guy? Um, yeah. In a road game at the Titans a uh, week before Christmas, it could very well, um, it should very well, period, come down to the last few weeks of the season. That's how the NFL is set up. And at the end of the season, you got the Browns, Titans coming here, they close at the Colts. I, there's no reason that they shouldn't be in the hunt for the playoffs throughout the season. And it's just going to have to win a, a couple of games down the stretch to, to lock it up. And they could easily be, if they beat Jacksonville, if they win the next two games, they're a huge favorite to win the division because they'll be ahead of Jacksonville in the standings and have two wins over them. It, it, it's crazy. So they're on that tiebreaker. Yeah. So, you know, these next two games, super crucial. And I'm sure it'll increase their confidence. But as long as they got CJ Stroud there, and I, I think health is important because they're dealing with a lot of injuries. Keeping CJ Stroud healthy and upright, I think that's going to be important. Making sure that they have enough receivers. You know, Nico Collins is dealing with an injury, but they, Noah Brown is playing spectacular. Tank Dell is having some great games as well. And even Dalton Schultz. Uh, they don't have many tight ends right now either. They're pretty thin over there behind Dalton Schultz. They're both, both of their backup tight ends are hurt. So they're dealing with a lot of injuries. So if they can remain healthy, I think it's, I, I, I think they're, going to make this playoffs because talk the way to us they- and tell everybody about Noah Brown who most people are not familiar with at all he's a guy who his first year here with the team and he was he was hurt earlier so he didn't do anything first part of the season missed missed several games uh, but these last two weeks guys had back-to-back games with 153 yards against Tampa and 172 against Cincinnati on Sunday something that only a couple of Texans players have done in team history of back-to-back games with more than 150 yards receiving. He's coming into his own and, and making plays. And that couple of tackles that he broke to extend the play, get an extra 10 yards or so uh, on the final drive yesterday could have been the difference in winning or losing because that field goal was shorter than it would have been had he not pulled that off. Yeah, absolutely. That was huge. But Noah Brown, he was a guy who, you know, if you ask the coaching staff, they say he was the most consistent offensive player in training camp, which I thought was was super interesting. And because I wondered how he was going to fit when he came when he returned after week five, how he was going to fit after Tank Dale's emergence. But he's fit right in perfectly, and he's getting his own, and he's been their their best receiver. Uh, one interesting, he got all four of his deep passes. For 121 yards, he just seems to be open almost every play. He knows how to find the spot in that running across through the defense. You know, running these crossing patterns that are there, and he's averaging almost 21 yards a catch. It's crazy. And before that, with the Cowboys, he was was with the Cowboys for five years. He averaged 12 yards a catch. He already has 21 receptions on the season. In four of his seasons with the Cowboys, he didn't even have that many catches for a whole year. Last year, he had 43 catches. So he in 16 games. So he's halfway to his total in only five games of the Texans because he missed four. But I mean, this, this guy is, is re- I, nobody knows him because he didn't, he's been with the Cowboys for five years and you didn't see him make a lot of plays. The guy had three touchdowns in his entire career in five years with the Cowboys. And now you look at him running around and you're like, this guy can actually, clearly he's gotten better and improved and this offense fits him. But man, CJ Stroud just makes all the receivers better. 
Yeah, he, he definitely does. You know, it, it helps when you have a, guy, a quarterback like C.J. Stroud who can play it wherever he wants it to. And I, I take body credit to Bobby Sawyer's offense. You know, he does a great job of, of scheming ways to get Noah Brown open. And, and Brown certainly has improved. He's a, a great talent, and he's a smart player. He's a quiet guy in the locker room, but super smart player, knows how to get open. And I, I think that's certainly valuable. And I think he's confident right now. He's confident in his ability. He said – earlier last week that he always knew what he was capable of and it, it was just really a matter of health for him and now he's healthy and now he's getting his opportunity he's got a great quarterback throwing the ball and he's taking advantage of those opportunities we write so much on the offense obviously is that's you know it's an offensive lead it's a quarterback lead but and their defense had been really really good for these last two weeks gave up uh 37 points to tampa bay 27 yesterday in Bengals. Um, are there concerns about the defense? And is it capable of – it's got to be better for them to be a playoff team or certainly to do any damage if they do get to the playoffs, right? Yeah. I, I think the concerns I have really was with the health. When you lose a guy like Jimmy Ward in that uh, defensive backfield, Steve Nelson's down with the injury, you know, your secondary kind of takes a hit. I was actually impressed with some of the things they did. They, they dominated in the second and into the third quarter. The Texans held it, uh, forced them to punt five consecutive times, and, and that's what really allowed the Texans to take control of the game at one point going up 20 to seven. And Joe Burrow, to me, Joe Burrow is a top three quarterback. And I mean, I, I don't know if to call it fortunate, but I get, fortunate is the best word probably. The Texans were fortunate that Burrow made a couple of throws that are uncharacteristic for him too. I mean, you know, a couple of that two interceptions he threw are not the kind of plays that he normally makes. So that that makes a difference and 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 it just seems that this team is taking advantage of those kind of situations where I mean, you know, they, these they get their hands on the ball, they grab them, you know. And the other part of the season first couple of games is like, oh, that could have been an interception. But they didn't quite grab it. Didn't didn't get it. Didn't make the turnover. It seems that it's almost silly to make it be all about belief. But man, I, the, this belief that they have that they're going to get it done it is is what's getting it done on a lot of levels. Yeah, for sure. I, I just I was actually impressed with them because I, I think if if CJ hadn't thrown that interception there at the end, it'd have been a blowout. Yeah, it would have been a blowout. Yeah, Bengals probably may have scored twenty four points but probably would have scored only 21 points. And, and then you're looking at it totally different. You're looking at Joe Burrow with with two interceptions and one touchdown. So I, I think, you know, especially considering who they were missing, they were missing they, – they had DeAndre Houston Carson starting at safety, uh, who was a practice squad player who was on the Ravens just a few weeks ago. So – He just got to tell. The, the, the dude does not have a, a Texas driver license or <laughs> – a local, a local address, but he's probably staying in the hotel. He just, he just got here. He probably is staying in the hotel. But for those guys to kind of step up and then show the rankings at three sacks, it was his first game back in in three weeks because he missed the last two games and then the bye week. For him to have three sacks in his first game back was impressive. They got to the quarterback and and, and they did they did what they needed to do. I, I I was I was impressed with how they played and, and I I think this can only help them. And then if you get Derek Stingley back as well. And if, if Steven Nelson gets healthy, as well, as well as Jimmy Ward, they didn't put him on the IR, so that might be a good sign that he can come back within four weeks. 
you know, I think they become more dangerous. So I think health is the biggest thing that will that will hold them back, but they're getting better. Yeah, Sheldon, you mentioned him. Let's let's not gloss over that. Sheldon Lankins has been in the league since 2016. He's with uh, what was it? Was it New Orleans? I think in the Jets. He's in New Orleans for four or five years with the Jets a couple of years, and he had three sacks on Sunday. He didn't. Have, he had three sacks all of last season. Three sacks. The entire season before that, one and a half the year before that, two before that. So in yesterday's game, he had more sacks than he had any of the last four seasons. It, it's just one of those situations where a lot of things are coming together for the Dex. Yeah, he was just do- he was dominating his matchup. <laughs> <laughs> and they could have stopped me. You know, one sack where he missed Joe Burrow. And circle back. In a sack, sir. And he just had he just had a big game. If they could get pressure from him, along with Jonathan Bernard had a sack. He had a seven sack. He's having a, a career year. He's on pace for about 13, 13, 14 sacks. You know, if they can continue and then Will Anderson continues to get pressure quarterbacks, they can continue that. They can they can be really good. But yes, Sheldon Rankins, you know, was a big piece that they added to this team. And, you know, that's another one of the more impressive things about the defense is they're eighth in the league in rushing yards allowed per game. And they were they were dead last last year. Oh, they were yeah. by far the worst team against the run last year. Yards per carry, total yards. I mean, it's just and they were even worse than the stats said because they were behind. Teams were ahead of them all the time, so you knew the teams were running, and they still couldn't stop them. It, I mean, so for them to to put up the fight that they put up is pretty impressive. That's well. Uh, before we get out of here, let let let's do a little bit on the Arizona Cardinals who come to Houston on Sunday. At NRG Stadium, um, the Cardinals are a horrible record, two and eight. Uh, they lost but six games in a row before winning yesterday at uh, against the, the Falcons. But that two and eight record, like you said earlier, it, it comes with a grain of salt because they didn't have their starting quarterback, and he's back now. It's just a different football game when you're playing the Cardinals and. Kyler Murray's on the field. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, first game back leads him to to, uh, to to win. He didn't have a great game statistically, but he's just so dangerous in what he can do. Extend plays. He's super fast with his legs. He's got a big arm. So the Texans are going to, you know, have a have a time match trying to contain him and, and, and keeping him in check. I've, I've seen him play it once and he just got he ran I think a 75 yarder when I was covering the Panthers uh-huh. so he's just he's dangerous and he he doesn't it doesn't seem like he missed a beat coming off that uh ACL tear um and the Cardinals are a different team with him and they were without him so but yeah yeah he's just so dangerous at, at what he can do with his arm and his legs and, and and they're a different team with him and you know it's not a team that the that the Texans obviously should gloss over considering they lost to the Panthers and the Falcons this year. Well, and for those who have paid a whole lot of attention, Kyler Murray's dad is Kevin Murray, who started Texas A&M back in the day. And, of course, Texas A&M, by their head coach, Jimbo Fisher, over the weekend. The Texans are not even thinking about coaching situation because uh, D'Amico Ryans just continues to impress. And I, I don't... I don't know. It's it's almost a given. I I hate doing the discussions of awards, but it's almost a given that C.J. Stroud is going to be Rookie of the Year. He he's 
Tyrone will be in the MVP discussion, and D'Amico Ryan certainly the Coach of the Year dis- the discussion right now. Yeah, you got to got to give it some. The, you know, the interesting thing is the MVP award, which I would never thought that before the year, but he's playing himself. He's got this team, you know, winning in the stats. He's top five in nearly every statistical category, so you got to put him in that discussion. But D'Amico Ryan's he's done an impressive job with this team. And turning things around, they they you can tell they believe and 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 they believe that they can win and, and you know everything seems to be heading trending in the right direction. Yeah, and I, I do think the last couple of weeks after the loss at the Panthers, I mean, I've wrote it so I'm not taking credit for it. It was kind of obvious that, it, and I know week to week game plans change, but at the Panthers, they just seem to be a little conservative, a little tight. Didn't take any chances. Didn't throw the ball down the field. Didn't push it. Uh, and challenge defenses, and but these last two weeks, and D'Amico mentioned it is like uh, at Tampa Bay is like, listen, we have to do that because we don't have a running game. Then that's what we're gonna do. And he's been talking about quarterback earns trust. Clearly now, C.J. Stroud has the trust because they even yesterday when there were situations where um, you would just naturally run the ball and not even be concerned if you get the first down good, but you want to run it and run clock and not take a chance on turning over. They're like, no, we're putting the ball in Stroud's hand and let him make the decision. That's a sign of a team that's being aggressive offensively. Yeah, for sure. Because I, I, I was critical of, of, of that call, but it does speak to the trust that they have in C.J. Stroud to make that type of play. He made a mistake and he bounced back. And uh, what's the big any news that's going to come this week, or any particular injury that you're looking uh, got to pay attention to over the next few days heading into the Arizona game on Sunday? Yeah, I think it's it's more so of, of who's going to return. Is Damian Pierce going to be able to return this week? Where's Jimmy Ward and his his uh, recovery? You know how how did Stephen Nelson kind of come out of this game? I think those are the the biggest things that we'll we'll notice come Wednesday when they show up to practice and then Thursday, you know, and then that's really a good indicator of who's going to be playing in this game and who's not. They might feel that uh, they they play well, so they might give some players extra rest and not have to rest them on the field. But I think those are the main names that I'll be, be watching for. Sounds good. That's Jonathan Alexander. Read all of his stuff, all of our Texans coverage at HoustonCrockle.com. I'm Jerome Solomon, the columnist there as well. Thanks a lot to Pirate Audio for producing this dip down with uh, Jonathan and Jerome talking Houston, Texas, and we'll catch you next week.